Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Anthropology in the time of the apocalypse. Ah. Anthropology in the time of the apocalypse. Ah. Anthropology, anthropology in the time of the apocalypse. Ah. Anthropology in the time of the apocalypse. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Anthropology in the Time of the Apocalypse. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm Erin. I'm Nina. And I'm caffeinated. <laughs> and we're here for another fun episode. We have a guest that I am truly surprised yet so pleased she came yes. on. Me too. Ginger. Her name is Ginger. Um, She's the best and we've known her for it feels like oh forever. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ginger Hoffman. Yes, yes, yes. She's one of our professors of anthropology at our school. Um, and she's truly the departmental favorite, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> um, she's just a wonderful person and her the way she teaches anthropology is so refreshing and like important. She teaches like most of the cultural anthropology classes. It's hard not to have her. Yeah, I don't think there's a possibility to not take her, <laughs> actually. And we both went with her to India mm-hmm. at different times. And she is amazing, you know? She really fought off creeps for me. She always fed me when I got hangry, too. <laughs> I'm not doing her justice. Ginger's amazing and wonderful and kind and smart. She's one of the smartest people I know. I, I think I'm so excited for this conversation that people are about to hear because... It was really nice to just like ask her those questions, ask her about like what she thought of those trips and how right. how it is teaching anthropology right now. Mm-hmm. And also just hearing how she got into it and like what anthropology really is for her was really interesting because it's like different time periods. Like they they haven't changed with it anthro, and I feel like Ginger really has in a like great way. She's always been open to our very, very critical PowerPoints about (laughs) certain texts. (laughs) We've been some bitches at some point. Like the audacity that I think about we have, we had in the past to do our PowerPoints. We gave ourselves too much power (laughs) in the PowerPoint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a little heavy handed. (laughs) Yeah, no, it surely was. But also it was hard because if we weren't heavy handed, the people in our, the fellow students would be like, let's go talk to the Native Americans. You know, it was like, it was like two stark differences. So it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I think we'll always be intensely critical, but it's like, is that ever going to be the wrong position? (laughs) Right, exactly. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's a really fun one. Listen. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Anthropology in the Time of the Apocalypse. Today, we're joined by a really, really wonderful person who we mentioned in our first episode very quickly as like the most important, arguably, anthropologist in me and Aaron's lives, Mm -hmm. Dr. Ginger Hoffman. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah, welcome. We're so glad you are joining us. Thank you. You're making me blush. Oh. <laughs> it's been an honor to to have you as students, and you know, I'm very grateful for that to have been, you know, a, a small part of your life. And I hope that continues. That we continue to know one another for forever. Like a big part of our life. I was looking yeah. at my transcript. <laughs> yesterday and your name is all over it (laughs) seriously huge part yeah i think i took the most classes with you me too 
I think it's you and then like maybe one professor in <laughs> women's and gender studies. Two very small departments. I wonder what is the smallest department at DePaul. It's probably like LGBTQ. Mm, LGBTQ is a minor, I believe. It's not a department. Oh, right. And then there's a difference between a program and a department. But currently the smallest department is public policy, I think, which I think has only two faculty. Yeah. Is Anthro like a runner up? Because there was a time where there was like 40 Anthro students in total. <laughs> Yeah, like where do we fall on the like scales? Well, the scale, it's interesting because um, there are a couple of different things that the university and the college, you know, pre-recession and pre-COVID looks like in order to justify the expansion of uh, departments. Mm -hmm. That is how many credit hours, you know, a department teaches. But we are have been in a hiring freeze mm. currently. Aren't we getting a new faculty, though, soon? Because we were supposed to get one. No. No? Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought that. No. Because, so, like, after when a faculty member retires, and even when two faculty members retire, we, uh, full-time tenure-track faculty, now, these days, we maybe get, you know, a contingent faculty. Oh, okay. Not yeah. a tenure-track faculty. Which, so that it means that the university is not having them you know, on a tenure track line. So the investment of the faculty is not the same as those are that are full time. So unfortunately, that's the neoliberal era of uh, and how neoliberalism influences, you know, university life. Right. DePaul is like very, I mean, to any university, they're all very invested in neoliberalism and absolutely lots of not fun things. I wonder if anyone, yeah, from DePaul is going to listen to our podcast and be like, oh, no, <laughs> hopefully not. There's free speech, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bad-mouthing anthropology at all. We're just, we just are very critical. I think the thing that we learned after graduating was that we are very critical students. Yeah, I've always that to both of you uh, in particular and uh, I love that about you the university is not there to create you know um, carbon copies we want you to you know critique you know the things that we teach and have a dialogue with them and a struggle yeah as bell hooks said the, the, uh, the democratic classroom is a place of struggle where you toy with it and sometimes even assigning ideas that are outdated or whatever, you know, gives an opportunity for students to, to struggle and find their own, you know, path. Yeah. I, you just always fostered that in the classroom. A yeah. Lot. We appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I feel like we had a very great group of professors that were really making us question just a lot of things. I feel like we had, we studied anthropology at a really weird like turning point, like a weird transitional period in the university and in the actual department. Because right when we got to DePaul was after all of the the protests for um, Milo, yeah, which I feel like will be talked about every year for like 10 more years. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we got a lot of great professors who were just like, let's talk about all the crap. <laughs> let's dig in there. Was that 16 already, the Milo case? That was in 2015, because we came yeah. in 2016. Mm -hmm. I was right there with the, with the people having the discussion. It just seems like that it's, 
I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, I didn't see. <laughs> well, yeah. and we got to witness the repercussions because it was yeah. like a really alt-right speaker who mm -hmm. uh, all Republicans wanted to come speak, which obviously a lot of people protested. Yeah, just chaos on campus is pretty much what I <laughs> heard. Yeah. And students were reprimanded for, for protesting. That was like the worst of it. And beaten up. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Hmm. Wait. Yeah. I, maybe I did know they that. They were reprimanded because it was the kind of thing that, you know, that infamous um, thing that Trump said uh, at the Charlottesville protest. Oh, they're good people on both sides. You know, and it was that kind of an attitude. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, we shouldn't have. Uh, 400 students signed a petition not to have Iaganopoulos, you know, come to the poll. And uh, right. that was ignored by the then president, Father Holtschneider. And so this was a really um, problematic thing. And then when students showed up in protest, violence broke out, and those that were protesting were reprimanded for being involved in violence. Oh, wow. Even though students, some students like have to live on campus, it's not a choice. Like when you're inviting like danger to campus, which means right. you don't care about certain students. Right. And, exactly. and what we, uh, Cogro faculty that I, I belong to, what we were saying is like, yeah, we are for free speech, but this is not free speech. This is hate speech. Right. And it does, it's not educational in content. So it has no place mm -hmm. in university. There's a big debate between, you know, are you in the free speech camp where everything goes, which I think is ridiculous, or are, do you recognize that within, you know, this free speech, there is hate speech and it has no place in societal discourse or, you know, in anything like that. So, like, for example, and then people would always say to me, oh, you, you have a European view about that, which is probably true because in a lot of countries in Europe, in Western Europe, you don't have 100% free speech. You right. can't say really hideous racist things without repercussions publicly. And I think that, that is actually okay. You know? Mm -hmm. I'm so enamored with free speech. And, and, and Yeah, I think our school has a really not great way of dealing with um, all of the hate speech I would call so call it hate speech that happens at our school I don't even remember how I found out about it I think it was actually on the Facebook on DePaul's Facebook a lot of parents were talking about the school and that's how I like started to hear about it but it was very like like shoved under the rug <laughs> and it kind of still is obviously at our school mm. yeah oh DePaul yeah set the tone probably for 2016 I remember like at um, involvement fair, the Republicans at our school had like life-size Trump posters. And I was like, what? I just don't maybe come to Chicago. <laughs> We've been a sanctuary city for how long? <laughs> like, just don't go here. Right. Go to someplace in Illinois for sure. <laughs> right. It's a real turnoff. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, there's not a lot of them, but they're very loud, the, the few. Yeah. They're very loud. And they feel that they have the license to be loud. They feel, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I remember after the Kavanaugh case, they put his, like, name in chalk all over the campus, which was just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Moving Yikes. on. <laughs> Sad topic. Uh, how are you feeling today? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. It's good speaking with you. I did some cooking and uh, I've been listening to a book on tape and uh, yeah. Oh, what book are you listening to? I'm listening right now to Anne Patchett's The Dutch House. So I like that. Is it a nice like listen? How come you chose to listen instead of read? I, I read so much for school. As my eyes get tired, especially now with the online reading, mm -hmm. which you know I don't prefer, but it is what it is. That like for novels mm -hmm. and whatnot, I was listening to Cast by Isabel Wilkinson. Oh yeah, I really want to read that. Yeah, I listened to it, and uh, you know I'm gonna assign it to my English class. That's the plan. Oh yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a great idea. Is are you teaching? study abroad next i mean we're gonna offer yeah so so we're gonna recruit we're gonna do the whole thing again um me and andy honnold this time oh yeah sad know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really nice man he's fantastic i really like enjoy it for context me and aaron obviously went to india at different times <laughs> with ginger at different times <laughs> and so i had a different professor come <laughs> and i wanted the one that aaron went with yeah. yeah how many years have you been teaching the study abroad to india so so la last year i guess when with nina and then with randy and you aaron and then uh that's three <laughs> that it was like with john shanahan but what happened i taught the class in the in the fall and everything and then i really very seriously injured my lower back I couldn't walk. And I think that it was the first year you were in my class, Nina. And do you remember that I couldn't walk? Oh, yeah. I guess I never really, like, really observed it that much. But, yeah, I now that you're saying it, I remember that. I couldn't walk. And it was very scary. And so, you know, and obviously I I was already getting the, 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 the pain meds and the physical therapy and all of that. But I, I wouldn't risk going to India that, that year. So, John went with, you know, staff professional person, not with another professor. And, and that wasn't that great at the end of the day for the students, we learned. And that was a big group. That was 17 students. Wow. Oh, wow. We had, like, such a small amount of Really people. great, yeah. <laughs> I had a huge group. No, you, we had 12. It felt like a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. Personally. <laughs> Not as many as 17. <laughs> That's so many. Yeah, 17 is a lot. I can't imagine actually traveling with that many people across the world. Because <laughs> you have to like basically make a community out of nothing if the folks don't know each other before. That's like really hard. How did you start doing this trip with students? I started doing the GLE with the India group. And then that morphed into the study abroad for me. So there are a number of us that are, you know, doing GLEs with India and study abroad. So kind of we rotate. And that's in our college. Now they're like, actually there are like five India programs. Yeah. There's one in film, I think. Mm -hmm. Where they go to Mumbai and they only go to Mumbai and they, I think they go for a week and they make a movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're in digital cinema, the, the students. And so that's their major. So they're doing that. So it's kind of exciting. And there's not 
and a couple of other. There's one in uh, in business, you know. Mm-hmm. I think when when we went, there were some business students from DePaul there. Right. We uh, linked up with them. Yeah, I think we just said hi for a little bit, but they were like very, they were like in suits and stuff. (laughs) And we were like just in sneakers wandering around. Yes, well, they were um, master students first, and they were going to different corporations and, uh, you know. Do you have any standout moments from any of the trips that you've been on with the students? <laughs> well, one of the standout moments is, was with uh, on, on your trip, Aaron, with, uh, with the tattoos, when you all decided, let's look at a tattoo. And we were like, <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> me and Randy didn't get a tattoo, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you came, you were like our parents waiting with us. It was very nice. (laughs) And I really liked that it was generated from the students. You know, the students came up with the idea. And and that that was a very (laughs) memorable moment for me. Also very memorable on that trip. And I I always have to think about that. Um, What is that song? And then I'm in love with your body. Oh, (laughs) Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. (laughs) Do you remember? We were invited into Randy's friend who lived there. We were invited to their home and it was a wonderful time. They had like the best food. It was so sweet. They gave you guys presents and we played like games. They had kids and um, these two kids, both under the age of 10, performed for us uh, because they wanted to and they sang Shape of You to us. (laughs) But it's like, I'm in love with your body. So it's just like... That's hilarious. And so so whenever I would hear that song on the radio, you know, I would think that was our trip. That's really funny. It was really sweet. <laughs> it was so fun. So that was very memorable. Let's see, with on the Nina's trip, one of the things that stands by what stands out, I mean, when we went to that printing thing, like Oh yeah. There was this woman and like, you know, and I was like egging the students on and particularly I'm like come ask some questions I ask some hard questions go for it we'll never see this again I don't want to be asking questions that was the first time I like felt like I was an anthropologist (laughs) oh that's cool because I just I never just like I feel like I have asked questions to people for class assignments but I was really interested in gender and like how it was working through this factory because there were no women like at all it was yeah. So that was really fun. You yeah, you kept being like, ask the question. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I finally did. Plus our group was like, there was no anthropology there was one other anthropology major, so no one really was like into it and knew like how to do that. So I was just like, okay. Yeah, no one asked questions. But that group was funky for other reasons too. Yeah. India was so fun. <laughs> India was so fun. I wish we had gone together. I know. But like we me and Aaron are saying that we're going to go since we both have visas we're like going to go after the world is not over and in the apocalypse mm-hmm. nina sort of mentioned that like you do really have to like make a community with a random bunch of students how would you say like are you and the other professor would try and like foster communities yeah well, one of the things that like we all do and that we always do whether we're going abroad or not is to create group work and even though students don't like that 
<laughs> but like reasons I can understand, but it does foster community sometimes. And when mm -hmm. we're real, when you're really lucky, it, it goes beyond that. People become friends and whatnot. Whereas you, and, and sometimes it doesn't go well, you know, because only one or two people end up doing the work and the other people don't. But you know, we usually figure it out who that is. Right. You know, so it's not like that people get penalized. But it is also a life lesson to be working as a, as a team and, and so on. Sometimes we end up working in teams and sometimes not. So I think the uh, liberal arts education should provide opportunities for both models to be able to work in a team and to work individually. So working in a team then translates into building community. That's one way that we're doing it just through coursework, through discussion, through engagement. But then on the study abroad, you know, really one of the things that I'm always like looking for, making sure to the extent that I'm able to control that, because I can't control it, obviously, right. you know, that there are no like real strong clicks or that people mm. feels like somebody will feel like an outsider. And sometimes that is unavoidable and it kind of happens. So we were like, one of the things that we were doing is shuffling people around, like tonight you sleep. In, with this person you shared a room and pick somebody out. Like we're not going to say who, who you're going to have to mm -hmm. room, but, you know, just sort of. Did you do that, Erin? What? Did you have like one roommate the whole time? No. Yeah, we we did that the same. We switched around with different people the whole time, which was yeah, it forced us literally to talk to each other. I was with one person for seven nights, and it's a sixteen day trip. Whoa! But for most of the time, it was separate. That's wild. I was with someone every three days. Every other like couple of days, I was with someone else. Yeah. It's unavoidable. <laughs> yeah, you got to like, know people really quickly by learn like their sleep habits and just like how they cope. I personally, <laughs> I think people, I think I'm a good roommate because I introvert and just don't talk. I refuse. <laughs> I literally would watch my shows and be like, don't speak to me. Don't look at me. <laughs> this is the time. <laughs> we talked to people for like 20 hours a day. I was like, no. <laughs> Yeah, and, and another way to form community as, you know, as the people that are older, meaning me and the other faculty, you know, we kind of go do our own thing and let, yeah. let the students, you know, not get too involved there, you know, and in the bus and, and so on. Also let mm -hmm. students do their own thing. At the, at the same time, you need to be there for students if they ask something, if they want to you know, want you for something. So it's kind of like being able to balance that. But that's another way that then folks can um, create community. And I know that uh, on the trip with Aaron, you know, towards the end, I don't know if you remember that, Aaron, we kind of, Randy and I said, okay, this is, you know, our last day. Randy said, I'm going to go um, shopping for silver. Who wants to come with me? And, and I said, I'm going to go for a manicure. Who wants to come with me? <laughs> so like, you know, because there were eight, us, eight students and they're all women, right? It was kind of easy yeah, I was trying to do that on the last day on the trip that I was with, with you, Nina, but the faculty didn't think it was his responsibility to, to do that. Yeah. What a <laughs> an interesting time. Other than that, it was fine. We were very like, 
it was funny when we all were tired at the same time when the whole group was like we cannot go on and just like <laughs> slept we i told aaron this a couple of days ago we had to miss lectures because we were so <laughs> tired i think everyone collectively had like a four-hour nap yeah <laughs> a lot of travel sometimes you just like hit a wall and you need yeah. a nap <laughs> our travel schedule was insane too yeah absolutely but as a as a Capricorn, I will say I love I love a travel schedule. I love that there was a schedule and that I wasn't in charge. Yeah, same. <laughs> I felt like a pharmacist for some of the trip because everyone was unprepared with the literal drugs that they brought. So like I had a lot. My mom's a pharmacist, so she gave me everything over the counter. Yeah, so I was like, here, take a melatonin. Here's a Benadryl. <laughs> Here's your Zyrtec. Yeah, are you allergic to dairy? I have so many lactate pills. And one of my favorite moments is when I gave um, like half of our group Benadryl for our, our like second flight. And I just looked around and everyone was like in a coma, like <laughs> asleep. And I was like, I you deserve, you need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only speak from my experience, but you did do a really good job at fostering community and that it felt really good. Thank you. What's it been like with online classes? How do you build a community or make people feel like they're in a real class? Well, I had a really good time. I've had a really good time with the online classes. So I don't know what it is. Is it because I don't know? Um, I, I knew most of the students. I'm only teaching one class a quarter. You know, I mean, I don't know. But it's been so in the in the spring. I taught cultural analysis to consumers. And, you know, I knew most of the students, so we had a really good kind of feeling and a really good rapport online. And uh, what I did, I tried to replicate it as much as I could with the classroom. But also, it, in some ways, it was easier because I said, like, listen, we have this, this Zoom link. And it's open for you. So if you want to, you know, hang out after class, before class, if you want to meet uh, with your group, you can just go to this Zoom link. You can just, there it is. Um, now, I know that, that students have their own Zoom link, but this was just like easier. Here it was. All they got to do is go to E2L, click on it. And then because it was so, I'm so technologically a little bit of a Neanderthal, not a little bit, I am. And so like, I had to, you know, we got all this training and all this stuff. And so now I'm all about D2L <laughs> five years later. And I'm all about Zoom and like, you know, getting out rooms and all that stuff. And actually, I really like it, you know? Yeah. And, and it goes well. And so I was able to do a lot of check-ins with students in, in the spring quarter and also in the fall quarter. It, I think it's well, folklore, very different class. These were um, community service studies minors. This is a program that I direct. And so, you know, they're all, they're all scholars through the program and it was their first, you know, introductory class. And this is, you know, a, a class that is, you know, not easy to teach um, mm -hmm. online because they're doing service training, you know, those experiences back and now they were doing it all online they were tutoring kids online and but so we focused more on like theory and more on you know the content of service learning and the history of community-based service learning mm -hmm. and that and uh, 
again, it went really well because we were able to do some check-ins also mm -hmm. about, you know, people got excused if they went and marched, <laughs> if they, oh, you know, yeah. things like that. And so I think students really appreciated that. And uh, yeah. so for me personally, it's been a good experience. You know, it's been the silver lining. I, I like being at home. I love my home. So I love I love being here. Yeah. In fact, I prefer it. <laughs> I do in many ways too. I like can't imagine going back to on campus. I just even having to take the train at night is so would be so exhausting. I'm I feel like it's a different headspace to talk online and it requires a different energy in person too. Whenever that happens, it's gonna be a hard transition for sure. Because I enjoy it as well. I also think it's easier to say that I enjoy it, though, because being in school, I, I have to be basically in community with people and in classes. A lot of the folks I know who aren't in school right now or aren't in a situation where they have spaces like this, they're not doing as great. They feel really isolated. Yeah, school is that kind of built in. Which, yeah. And I feel like the biggest thing is that what you sort of talked about, Ginger, is like being flexible. Right, right. Ability helps foster people wanting to learn it's like a difficult balance too because it's hard to keep going in classroom spaces when the students aren't trying either mm -hmm. like I wish there was a better give and take because I've been in like classes where I've been so happy to be in it and love it because students are trying even though everything is hard and so are professors but I've also been in classes where students literally are silent and don't read and don't do anything. And so we just listen, sit there and have to listen to the professor like kind of scramble, which has been really not great. Right, right. I, I, the thing about the space for students, you know, that's been another change for me. I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm in this particular point in my career, probably a little bit of both and the pandemic. But I think I've become a more compassionate, you know, teacher in the last couple of quarters and just, you know, um, creating a more, uh, almost a more loving atmosphere in the classroom because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what is it that we remember? What is it that we take away this also historic moment, right? That we're all in the pandemic and, and, that, and then allowing the space for people to talk about what was going on because, you know, I, like last quarter, for example, I had 19 students, three of them contracted COVID. Oh, wow. You know, uh, several had like family members that had COVID. Yeah. A good number of them were essential workers, you know, and so like compassion was in order here, you know, this was not, you know, I mean, in addition to the pandemic, being being living in the country with just this really scary authoritarian government every day and, and, and breathing down your neck and like being a young person, especially, you know, our classrooms are very diverse, and especially community service studies, you know, where students are the minority. So and, and also they're drawn to community service studies. They have this social justice interest. So um you know, everybody is politically progressive, pretty much, that's in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So that's a hurdle I don't need to overcome or try to uh, be convincing about. But look, those things that are going on in society are affecting, like, real 
people in this community, in this classroom community. So being mindful about that became really important. And teaching with compassion has been my mantra, my new mantra. And I just hope to carry that forth forward beyond the pandemic. I'm interested to know, are you going to like events online or like how have you been in contact with like your friends and people in your life? How has that looked for you? I do have a pod, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there's been some face-to-face contact with, with people in the pod. And then I have all kinds of activities that have been, you know, online via Zoom. Uh, like, for example, I'm in a, a women's... Um, kind of informal women's choir, then we're singing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Then I'm like, you know, I'm um, I'm part of a Jewish community and the services and the high holiday services have always been online. And Mm -hmm. so I go to that. And then I'm, uh, for example, I get together with uh, about four friends and we listen to podcasts and then we discuss it so not kind of like a book group but more like a yeah we do like that you know krista tippett on sunday morning on npr Char probably no char listens to everything okay yeah krista tippett on being so we like pick certain things and and like tonight i'm getting together with five women on zoom we're preparing like it's not going to be it's going to be some singing, some poetry, having to do with the solstice that we perform for uh, some sisters here in a nunnery every year. Aww. You know, that's what. Now I just have like cocktail hours with friends on Zoom. That's amazing. But we had, yeah, we had also face to face. You know, um, with people in my pod. We were outside until we couldn't take it anymore. We've gotten to the point over in Rogers, at least right by the lake where it's so cold. I went actually to Hyde Park and it was like 10 degrees warmer than it is next to like my house. When I step outside, I'm like, "Mm." I just, I feel like my bones like chill. Yeah, It's bad. (laughs) I'm getting the payback for all the summer being like, I'm only a five minute walk from the beach. (laughs) I can go swim whenever I want. It's like, (laughs) Now I can freeze whenever I want. So how have you been? Uh, do you both belong to pods and have you been socializing online? And- my pod is just my family. I'm pretty close to my family and I'm really, really like blessed to have them in the same city. So my mom and my sister live together. So I see them all the time. And then I see Char, but I keep my pod pretty small just because even though I don't leave the home, my partner works outside the home and so does my mom. And so just to like keep it down, I think it's only like four. Yeah. At this point it's four people who I get in contact with. What about you, Erin? I mean, yeah, it's like Caitlin and I, my partner and I, and then <laughs> like my friend who's unemployed <laughs> right now. So yeah, small pod. And then, I mean, I feel like, cause I'm not in school right now, which you said, Nina, about the like, having a community sort of online where you get to see people. And I would say that doing this podcast is like my community because it's the one thing that I'm, I get together to like talk to multiple people. But besides just like a lot of phone calls, I need to get on more events. Well, I feel like because of my job at the Women's Center, we, it it is my job to do 
Greek communities, um, which you should join. You should really get. Well, in I some read your newsletter, so <laughs> they've been really. I've been <laughs> for context. I yeah, I write in the newsletter for my <laughs> job, and I've just been like off it. <laughs> They're the sweetest newsletters. I think everyone should sign up, even if they can't go to women's center. <laughs> That's so sweet. I've been actually something that's helped me like a lot. Like I actually feel mentally like a lot better. I'm in a support group for like survivors of sexual assault and then just people in COVID. And it has been like so nice to weekly talk to folks about how hard all of this is, but feel like really connected and know that like this time every week, like I get to see the same people and talk. And like just commiserate and then we share so many things to each other for, to like feel better and like what we should do in shows so that's been like really nice um and i think after it i'm probably gonna just do a regular covid maybe support group what week. about your um vagina monologues is there's gonna be something that's online or i don't think so i the co-director from last year janera she moved out of the city and she was dealing with a lot and we were both just like kind of scrambling and I think we got used to COVID too late <laughs> we got used to the pandemic too late to organize anything hopefully there might be a virtual vmons we like just started talking about it and I just started thinking about it so but maybe it could be like next spring yeah it would probably be in the spring for sure <laughs> yeah yeah I was gonna say you have too many things that you're juggling at one time that you like can yeah. let the vagina monologues drop I literally, I'm, and when not doing the vagina monologues, I make vagina earrings and I literally just sit in the office making them every night. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> what do you look forward to at the end of your week? What has been like the thing that's helped you like get through everything? For me, there are two different questions. What, what has really helped me get through everything, I guess, is my partner, so I'm not alone. All right. But also my dog, you know. It, 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 but, you know, we were always together, you know, we go on these long walks, and that's really kept yeah. me grounded. Towards the end of the week, you know, um, I look forward to that those couple of glasses of wine and wipe it down, and I tried not to work on Saturdays and Sundays, you know. Um, that's a new thing. I, I used to not do that. I always used to do something. Of course, sometimes you mm -hmm. have to because there's grading or whatever, but... You know, I try not to drink too much because they. I, I in the beginning of COVID, we were with the cocktail parties and the this and that. We always drinking every day, and that's not good. I try to make it up mm -hmm. like something special, you know, towards the end of the week. So those are kind of very simple things because we try to go on Saturday, especially if the weather is good, go somewhere mm -hmm. on a day trip, you know, just to get out of town to be in nature. Those are the things that I've been looking forward to very simple things i've been cooking more more complicated recipes you know oh that's nice though i definitely like the not working on saturdays or sundays yeah. if you can help it because especially with being one like being in one place for so long yeah yeah what are you looking forward to erin oh. <laughs> you're like oh no trying to think about something consistent because I'm just so it just totally depends yeah say right now it's Christmas movies because we have a list and it's been comforting that there's so many and they're all which ones have you watched oh gosh we watched like the Santa Claus one and two we did like, back -to -back. <laughs> yeah 
Dude, why is it? And then we watch Chris, or what is the other one? We watch Christmas with the Cranks because Tim Allen is just in all these gosh darn movies and he's not a dog in any of them. But <laughs> what have you watched? What ones are you watching? We watched Santa, yeah, Santa Claus one. I think we watch a little bit of two because they've just, they're always on. Um, we watch, we've been watching bits of the Grinch because Char loves, loves the Grinch. I painted her baby Grinch for Christmas last year. <laughs> And then we're going to watch Love Actually this weekend. That's my favorite. We watched the new lesbian movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to see it just so I can also hate it. What's it called? The Happiest Season? And it's on Hulu. I actually didn't hate it. Char hated it. <laughs> it was like, um, it was a little bit like sad. Kind of just like the way they wrote the care, the lesbians were not great. But I was just like, I love Aubrey Plaza. So I was like, whatever. I'm happy. I've seen so many Hallmark movies with like straight couples that are so bad that I watch that I'm like, I can watch a really bad one about lesbians. Exactly. Like, That's how I feel too. Yep. <laughs> Equality. Exactly. <laughs> what have you been looking forward to, Nina? <laughs> I'm really excited for Friday because we're going to watch Gone Girl and I've never oh, seen yeah. it. And it's, it's my partner's favorite movie. Is um, it? Wow. Yeah. So we watch... We nights every friday and we have a popcorn machine and we like make desserts too um and my oh my friend my coworker just made me a cake and it's really good so we're probably gonna eat the cake and then watch it and then moma also he makes when he's not being a little shit he makes days really great <laughs> he's being so cuddly today so yeah oh momo's my okay. cat yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i always have to like preface yes this. absolutely yeah yeah, I feel like pets and plants might be a yeah, good answer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Simple things also. I mean, simple, like walking and cooking, you know, yeah. they can be complicated. Yeah. But, you know, just getting away from consuming objects that cost money, just having fun with few, less money, but like, you know, more time. Exactly. And having wonderful conversations like yeah. this with you. <laughs> this is really lovely. This is really lovely. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you for asking me. Thank you. Likewise, this was delightful. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias. And I recently changed the name of our Instagram, which I'm so sorry about. I thought about it. And I was like, it has to be done. And it might change again because it's not 2020 anymore. It's 2021. Um, so our, our Instagram name was Anthro in 2020. Now it's Anthro in 2020 podcast. I know, huge difference. And soon it might be Anthro in 2021 podcast. But our Twitter is still Anthro in 2020. So just follow us. It's not that hard. We all know how to use it. Find us follow us <laughs> and then you can always email us if you want to be on the show if you have feedback if you want to tell us that we suck and need to do better all right don't you dare actually. don't you dare um, <laughs> our email is <laughs> ant in the time of the apocalypse at gmail.com stay safe out there in the apocalypse uh, anthropology in the time of the apocalypse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media Audio for everyone.